Amen. Amen. Thank you. Um, actually, I think if we just start with the short video, which just gives you a little bit of an overview of our appeal and um, how we get stuff from A to B, i.e. from here to the UK, uh, to the Middle East in this particular one. It's focusing on Syria. If we just do that first, and then I will continue. Is that good? Yep.
you so much for having me here today. It really is such an honour and pleasure to be here, to be back here again. I think it was 18 months ago uh, that I was here last, sharing a little bit um, of my story then. I don't really want to repeat um, stuff that I went over then, and I think that um, when we do the, the lunch a little later, there'll be an opportunity to maybe talk a little bit more um, about how it got started, if, if people want to hear that. Um, but, you know, this... This last three years um, has been an extraordinary adventure for me um, because prior to starting this work, I was just an ordinary stay-at-home mum minding my own business. Um, I'd been a Christian for a while, um, but at that point, something changed in my journey in faith. Um, and I've learned a lot during this time, and I would really, really love to share some of the things that are on my heart with you, some of the things that I've learnt on this journey. Um, when I read books of other Christians that have been on a, a journey in, in faith and, and on, on doing something serving God, I, I see a lot of similarities, actually, uh, between my own experiences and what they describe. And I'd, I'd just really love to share some of them with you. Um, I feel that I'm a perfect example. Um, I'm a perfect example of how God can take someone extremely ordinary and use them to do something extraordinary through his power and grace. I have to say that's the only time you'll ever find me saying that I'm a perfect example of anything. Um, but I just feel that, um, you know, the Bible is full of examples of God choosing the unlikely candidates to do his work. I mean, you just have to take a look in any book of the Bible and you will see examples of it. I mean, look at the people that Jesus chose as his disciples. I mean, that's a, there's just so many examples. I, I'm sure you've heard of many of them before, but um, I feel that, you know, again, I, I feel like I was an unlikely candidate for this work. I feel that if someone, if the leadership team in our church had been looking around thinking, you know, we want to start this charity, we want it to do A, B, C, D, and E, we want it to clothe nearly a quarter of a million people, we want it to send 83 trucks to the Middle East, we want to set up hospitals. And actually, you know what? This person needs to be able to travel to and spend time in the most dangerous war zone in the world with the highest number of killings and kidnappings of humanitarian workers in the world. Let's choose the mum with two young children. I mean, God doesn't see things the way we do. He doesn't see us the way we see each other. I feel sure that if someone from our church had been looking for someone to take on this project and start up this charity, they would not have chosen me. I wouldn't have chosen myself. I mean, it's not that I don't have a heart for this kind of thing, but I personally wouldn't have thought that I was capable of it. Um, you know, I was... I had an interesting career history, you know, a bit of this and a bit of that, and I was a nurse before I had children, and actually that's kind of coming useful now with, with what, I, what I'm doing now, but... Um, I wouldn't have in any way seen myself as qualified to, to start something like this, but I really believe that God searches our hearts. You know, he looks deeper than our skills and experience. He looks further than our CV, and he looks for who we are and our willingness and our, our desire to serve. One of the things I've been learning about in this time is walking on water. <laughs> You know, there have been many, many instances in this journey for me that have been really very challenging. I mean, God asked me right in the beginning to start collecting. 
Um, I didn't know where things were supposed to go. I didn't know how it was going to get there. I didn't know who was going to pay for it. I didn't know any of these details. But he asked me to start collecting first. I feel slightly ashamed to say he actually had to ask me three times over the space of eight months before I finally got the message and got my act into gear and made a start with it. Um, One of the things that held me back was fear. You know, fear of failure, fear of the what-ifs and what am I going to tell people if they... If I say, give these clothes, and I say, I can't say where it's going, you know what? But God was clear. He was clear in his instructions, start collecting. He wanted me to start collecting first. He didn't want me to get all the other details arranged first. His instruction was to start collecting, was to step out in faith. And one of the things that I've learned in this time is that if you want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat first, you know? It's not going to happen if you stay there. Um... And to many people, this can look like taking risks. You know, I think to this world, it looks like taking risks. Um, but it's, it's very interesting. God just does things differently. He doesn't do things the way the world does. I think one of the other things I've really learnt in this journey um, is what God can do through us when we say a resounding yes to his call. I mean, I was a Christian before I started doing this work, and, you know, I wanted to give my life to serving Jesus. But on reflection, and when I look back, one of the things that I recognize in my journey is that, although I said yes to him at the time, yes, God, I want to serve you, yes, I, I, I want to do things, I, I want to serve your kingdom, there was, there was a tiny little something in my heart that said, but would you please not ask me to do that? I don't want to do that, you know, I, I want to serve you, but don't take, you know, don't take me out of my comfort zone. And what it took was my heart being broken for me to move beyond the but. You know, I think many of us can be in that situation where we say yes, but maybe there's a but. Maybe there's a but, you know, don't take me out of my comfort zone. Don't ask me to do this. Don't ask me to talk to that person over there, you know, about this particular thing. You know, it's, it's out of my comfort zone. And I think that's, that's where I was. Um, but I had the privilege of God breaking my heart over what I saw happening in the Middle East And what I saw was just so heartbreaking. As a mother, seeing other mothers with young children living in the most hideous circumstances and wondering how they get out of bed each day and just keep going. You know, how do they they provide for their children? It, it, It moved me to the point that I was on my knees before God saying, I will do whatever you ask. I don't care what it is anymore. I don't care what it is. I will do it. Use me as you see fit not according to what I think I should or shouldn't do. I'll do it. Just tell me and I'll do it. And I just think it's amazing, actually, what God can do through us when we're prepared to scrub out that but. Because it's very easy to say yes, but. And I I don't know about you, but I've read lots of books written by other Christians, and they're wonderfully inspiring books. Wonderfully inspiring. And... You know, you read about people that have done these amazing things in various different parts of the world. Heidi Baker, Jackie Bullinger, you know, or many, many, many people. And often when I read these books, I have this sense that these people are saints and they are perfect and they are wonderful because God's doing all these wonderful things through them. And um, I think maybe they are actually, maybe they are perfect. But I know for a fact that I am not. And I see God doing amazing things through our work now and usually in the times when I just can't do it actually those times when I've done everything that I can and I've reached my limit and when we come to that point of running out of our own resources 
and have no choice but to depend on God, it's amazing what can happen. And I guess one of the things I just, one of the messages I really want to get across today is the fact that we don't have to be perfect to be able to serve God. We don't have to be perfect to be able to do amazing things in his name or for him to do amazing things through us to glorify his name. We don't have to be perfect. In fact, when you look through the Bible, you see that all the people that God has chosen, perhaps apart from Jesus, they, you know, they all had their faults and they all had their issues. And even Paul in 2 Corinthians talks about the thorn in his flesh and begging God three times to take it away from him. This is the founder of the church as we know it. You know, even he had this thorn in his flesh and God says, no, my grace is enough for you. And what a beautiful thing. I mean, we don't have to be perfect. Um, this passage, um, also in Corinthians, uh, you know, he talks about, he describes us as um, jar, fragile jars of clay, and, and that's what we are. And I think one of the things that I really want to get across is that, you know, I don't know about you, but I need God's grace every day. I need God's grace every day. I need his forgiveness every day. I need his mercy every day to be able to continue, to be able to do what I'm doing, and I'm sure there are many people here who feel the same. Maybe, maybe not, actually. Maybe St. Paul's Campbell is a bit different and <laughs> you don't need his grace every day. But I do. And I really, I just feel very strongly um, that we need to understand that no matter where we are in our lives, however imperfect we may feel and however unworthy maybe we may feel, God can use us exactly where we are. I mean, I remember before I started doing this work, I remember standing at the front of our church one day, praying and you know being prayed for, and having this real sense in my heart that I don't see how you know all these other people whose books I've read and they're really amazing and interesting and, and inspiring, but you know that person was single; they could just go off and, and do all these things. They didn't have to worry about letting anyone else down. And that person, they they were married and they they were like a team, the husband and wife, and they went off and they did this together and they supported each other and that was brilliant. But I don't see how I can do that. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm sharing very personal things here with you, but, you know, my, my husband's not a Christian, um, and I've got two small children, and that kind of limits what I'm able to do. And I remember saying to God, you know, what does giving everything to serving you look like in my life? Because I feel like my circumstances are very imperfect for serving you. And I, I just want to encourage people here who feel that maybe there's something about their situation or their life or their personality or their circumstances that make it difficult to give everything to serving Jesus because actually he looks past that and actually sometimes sometimes he uses the very situation that you feel is so imperfect to give glory to his name and kingdom. And um, I think one of the other things um, that I really have felt in this is that you know, we've encountered many, many uh, challenges along the way. We've come up against many, many problems. Um, and I just find it fascinating how they've been resolved, really. Never really through my ability or resources or, or anything else like that, but really only through God's provision and God's grace. I mean, it's interesting because one of the passages that I've had a lot on my heart this year is where Jesus sends out the 12 disciples by worldly standards, the instructions that he gave them were completely insane. I mean, is there a mother or father in this room that would send out their child to go away for 
a stretch of time, it doesn't say how long, but it's clearly more than a night or two, what mother or father would say, go, don't take a bag, don't take any money, don't take a change of clothes, don't take anything, just, just go. I mean, it goes against the grain, it goes against our culture, it goes against the standards of the world. I mean, this is taking big risks, isn't it? Um, it's irresponsible, perhaps. And yet, actually, the way God does things is not the same as the way we would approach doing things. And I just feel it's, um, it's interesting because we've encountered many situations which I don't really know how to describe them as anything other than a miracle. Maybe one incident on its own, isolated, could be put down to a coincidence of luck or, you know, whatever. But I, I really don't believe that. I think that um, when we find ourselves in situations where we're facing a problem and we're serving God, you know, where Jesus said in the Bible, when you make the kingdom of God your priority, I'll provide everything that you need. And that was his promise to me three years ago at the start of this work. He said, Samara, if you're willing to step out in faith and start collecting, trust me, I'll provide everything that you need along the way. And, you know, the last three years have been an enormous testimony of that. I mean, you know, it started from me just having this this vision to fill one lorry of aid. And we've sent now 83. Um, we've sent 11 ambulances to Syria. We've opened hospitals in Syria. We've now got a vision to build a massive critical care hospital. We've closed nearly... We've sent, sent clothing for nearly 250,000 people. Last year, we turned over more than half a million pounds. I mean, I, I don't know how that happens. It's not me. I mean, I'm not capable of, of doing all that. But God is, and we serve a big God. And, you know, I, I just, um, I'm conscious of time, so I'm not going to talk for too much longer. But um, I'll give you one example, something that happened a year ago. Um, many, many situations where maybe I've been a bit ambitious in the project that we've taken on, in faith that God is going to provide for these things. You know, we, we opened a hospital last May. Um, it was in a particularly difficult area. Um, we knew it was a difficult area. We knew there was a lot of fighting around that area. Anyway, there's lots more. But we, we decided we wanted to try and raise like an income for the hospital of about £20,000 a month. And I know that there are people here who very generously support that, and I'm, I'm very grateful for that. I set this target of £20,000 a month in, in standing orders. That's what I think we should be aiming for. Uh, maybe I should have prayed about it more beforehand. But over the period of six months, you know, I, I chatted to everyone about it, and... You know, I don't have a background in fundraising. I mean, before I started this, I didn't have any experience in charity work at all or any kind of fundraising. So it's, it's, all, it's all a journey for me. Um, anyway, I spent about six months talking to people, and, and we got up to the stage where we had about £6,000 a month coming in each month in standing orders and in commitments from people. And a lot of those are made up of, you know, £10 a month, £20 a month, £50 a month, whatever. Um, and then there was one really generous couple who were giving two and a half thousand pounds a month. And I remember one day, after six months, saying to God, you know, I feel like I've done everything that I can do to try and gather this money together. I don't know what else I can do because I don't want to hassle people. I don't ever want to be hassling people for money. You know, this is your project, Lord. And I, I really need you to help me in this. And I remember saying to him, you know, I feel like we just need a couple more couples like that, you know, really generous that can just give a, a large chunk and 
this is this was almost exactly a year ago. I, one day, about a week or two later, I, I went to school to pick up my son, and um, one of the dads said to me at the school gate, "Oh, my, my wife's been telling me about your work, and it sounds great." Really unassuming guy. I'd never, you know, we, we chatted a little bit here and there. Very very sweet. He said, oh, you know, I've been hearing about your work and it sounds really good. And I'm just wondering, is there anything I can do to help? And people often offer to help. And it's really lovely. And I really appreciate that because, you know, we are all volunteers and it, it all works on people volunteering and helping. And I said, well, you know, we're, we're trying to get this 20,000 and we've got six at the moment. I would love some help with fundraising. Is that something that you would be able to help with? And he said, okay, well, let's just, let's meet up and have a coffee. So I met up with him and his wife, and we had a really good chat about the hospitals and everything. I told him what we needed and where we were at, and he said, look, I can't make a long-term commitment, but just for this year. He said, why don't I make up the difference? And I said, what do you mean, make up the difference? And he said, well, 12 months times 14,000 pounds, you need 14,000 a month, don't you? 12 times 14,000, that's 168,000 pounds. Would you rather that I pay it monthly or just give me your bank details, I'll transfer it tomorrow? And I, I cried, actually. I cried. And, you know, it's interesting because at the beginning of that journey, when, we first, when I first started talking to people about it, saying, I want to raise £20,000 a month, and, you know, we were starting from zero. Um, I mean, we were literally starting from zero. We didn't have any monthly, regular monthly contributors at all at that time. And... Um, I remember talking to people, and I remember someone saying to me, oh, Samara, you need to get a fundraiser now, you know. And I thought, do you know what? I, I don't think that's right, because that's not the ethos of what we're doing, actually. God will provide for what we're doing. And I feel like, where's the opportunity for God to work a miracle if I, if I employ a fundraiser? I remember saying that to someone at the time, six months before. And I worked away on my own strength and in my own steam and to, to my own ability and talking to people who'd supported us before. And I got as far as 6,000. You know, that's a good effort, but it's not 20,000. Anyway, in the end, we decided to allocate the money differently because we thought it was better to open another new hospital in another area rather than um, than just making one brilliant, but actually, you know, have life-saving resources in a number of different places was perhaps more valuable. So... I do feel very strongly that every miracle starts with a problem. You know, you look through the Bible, you see every miracle that's happened, and, and they all started with some sort of issue or challenge or, or whatever. And um, I think maybe we shouldn't see them as problems. Maybe we should see them as opportunities. Um, and I think that um, there's an infinite possibility, there's an infinite ability of God to do wonderful things through us, but... We just have to be in that position of being willing to say yes. And we have to be in that, in that position of being willing to step out of the boat. And um, it's been a, a massive, massive privilege to be able to be a part of this work and to work with so many wonderful people like you, collecting the aid, um, sending it out. You know, it's so moving to see people actually receiving the things that we've hand-packed into boxes and written on the labels and that sort of thing and it really is very moving I mean you can see lots of our videos if you look at my YouTube channel it's just Samara Levy um, and also the Facebook page there's a lot there um, I think maybe the biggest miracle of all though is the fact that um, God chooses us you know in our weakness with all of our faults with all of our mistakes he chooses us to partner with him and he 
He chooses to take the most ordinary people sometimes and do something extraordinary through them. So if it's okay, I just want to finish with a prayer. Lord, thank you for your unconditional and unfailing love. Thank you that no matter where we are in our lives, no matter what is going on, no matter what mistakes we've made, Lord, thank you that you can see past that and search our hearts. And Lord, I ask that you break our hearts over the things that break yours, Lord. I ask you to open our eyes so that we see each other with your vision. Lord, I ask you to open our hearts and let your love and your spirit pour out through us, Lord. Let us be that salt and light in our communities, Lord. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to work for your kingdom for your beautiful name and for your glory. In the name of Jesus, amen.